0: Welcome back to the Relatively Damaged Podcast by Damaged Parents, where hopeful, incredible, optimistic people come to learn maybe, just maybe, we're all a little bit damaged. Someone once told me it's safe to assume 50% of the people I meet are struggling and feel wounded in some way. I would venture to say it's closer to 100%. Every one of us is either currently struggling or has struggled with something that made us feel less than. Like we aren't good enough. We aren't capable. We are relatively damaged and that's what we're here to talk about. In my ongoing investigation of the damaged self, I want to better understand how others view their own challenges. Maybe it's not so much about the damage. Maybe it's about our perception and how we deal with it. There is a deep commitment to becoming who we are meant to be. How do you do that? How do you find balance after a damaging experience? My hero is the damaged person. The one who faces seemingly insurmountable odds to come out on the other side whole those who stare directly into the face of adversity with unyielding persistence to discover their purpose. These are the people who inspire me to be more fully me, not in spite of my trials, but because of them. Let's hear from another hero. Today's topic includes sensitive material which may not be appropriate for children. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended as advice. The opinions expressed here were strictly those of the person who gave them today we're going to talk with katie the speaker on wheels she has many roles in her life daughter sister aunt cousin friend and more we'll talk about how she has had challenges because of her cerebral palsy and how other people perceive her and how she's finding health and healing let's talk If you want to share your Relatively Damaged story of struggle and how you found hope, visit us at DamagedParents.com and complete the contact form. Welcome back to Relatively Damaged by Damaged Parents. Today, we've got Katie. She's the speaker on wheels. Thanks for coming to the show today, Katie. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's fascinating. I'm so excited to hear your story. You're a motivational speaker, a social media influencer who just happens to be in a wheelchair. And I love that you say it that way that you just happened to be in a wheelchair. How did you come to that realization that you weren't the wheelchair, if you will? Does that make sense?
1: <laughs> yes, it does. So that actually happened in my adulthood. Because during my childhood, people all not everybody, mind you, but oftentimes people looked down on me because of my disability because they saw what I couldn't do and focused on, well, you can't walk, you can't drive, you can't, how are you going to function in society? And they focused on the negative. Well, when I got out of high school and into college, which I'll get into in a little bit, I really started Getting people around me who really focused on, yeah, you're in a wheelchair, but that's not all of you. You have other talents besides just wheeling around in a wheelchair. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I hope people doing what I do now, but especially being where I am in life and having doors open for me, regardless of physical limitations, is mind blowing. So. Or mind-blowing, I should say.
0: So do you think that it took you getting to that point of saying, I just happened to be in a wheelchair for things to open up and for you to get those opportunities that like you needed to have this inner confidence? I think it did because it took
1: that realization for me to gain confidence in myself. So it took... The partnership of some very special people and maybe a
0: dog who is no longer with. I loved how you said, and maybe a dog. (laughs) I'm thinking there was a special relationship right there. That relationship
1: started after I got out of high school. I applied for my first service dog through Canon Companions. And that relationship lasted 12 years. We did practically everything together. She went to college with me, she went to internships with me, she helped me see what I could be beyond the wheelchair. If that makes any sense whatsoever.
0: So by having the dog and maybe going out and doing those things, your confidence started to go up? Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. she was really instrumental in opening
1: me up to new opportunities and even doing things like this. Yeah, he's not here anymore, but pandemic changes things in the way you do things. Anyway, she was an absolute, we don't want to call it a miracle dog because they're not miracles. They're trained to help you mitigate your disability. So things like picking things up that you drop, carrying things, opening doors, counter retrieval, which is where they like, put their paws on the counter, like, you give them, like, your credit card. No, they don't eat it. They've been trained to, you know, not eat your money or whatever. So, they, you give them your credit card or whatever, then they jump up on the counter with their two front feet and hand it to the, um, cashier and give it back to you. In addition to, like, the physical instance, they also provide that emotional support and that social icebreaker for the community to help the community see that, yes, there's disabilities, but there's also
0: more behind that. Like we're people. So then, by having the dog, people would engage. Right. Because they like dogs. Right. And then the next step was talking with you, which then mm-hmm. enabled you to show the people that you are also human. Just like them, you just happen Mm -hmm. to be on a wheelchair,
1: right? Mm -hmm. And so, I'm in the process of getting my second dog or application process, I guess I should say. So, that's a little nerve wracking situation, and every time you apply is different, Mm. but it's very much something that I need to do for myself because I don't know what the future holds. I was telling you before we went on air, I have received a big opportunity that I, I don't know what the outcome going to be, but who knows what this could bring. Yeah, So I want to be ready to have
0: as enhanced independence as I can. So anyway. Yeah. There's something special about that independence, isn't there? Right.
1: And I'm 33. I'm not five. I mean, I know. I'm sorry. I had to say that, but like, I've been out in the community and I was out in the community recently and I, I'm not going to name names because it was not this person's fault, but we were at a restaurant and this person was like reading me the menu, like they acted oh. like I couldn't read the menu and I'm like,
0: I didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. I was <laughs> going to ask, what did you do in that moment to let them, but I what, just, you just let but them. I
1: just, I just looked at him like, are you kidding me? Because sometimes for me, instead of like verbally calling somebody out in public to, to reduce the risk of like embarrassment, mm-hmm. like I will give them a look like we're in public. We're not at home. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yes, it was a one time thing. And, and I know the person meant well, but it was just like one of those things that you never get really quite get over that. Yes, there is a disability, but I'm not five years
0: old. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like what happens is people see the disability, right? The non, just the Mm -hmm. Mm non-operable side of us and forget that we are completely capable in these other areas So I'm just wondering what would happen if you had said, oh, thank you so much for trying to read that to me. I'd I'd like to read it on my own today. I don't know. Yeah. Like, cause that's a nice way to say it too. Right. I mean, my thought is then coming from a person of disability, then if it were me, then I'm not giving up who I am and I'm letting them know where I am capable in a loving way. Right. And so it's like, that's, I
1: mean... Especially doing what I do in the community constantly with people who see the wheelchair first because I live in a small town. And so the fact that I have the opportunities that I work where I do, I've worked very hard to earn the respect. And everything that I have now, I've worked for. It was not given to me. I've had to work for it. And I'm a stronger person because
0: of that. I love and, that you, your struggle makes you stronger. I love that you just said that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it it really does because I have come out on the other side, maybe not a better person because I've always been. I've always been someone who has looked at challenges and overcome them. That's why people when I see people who struggle with similar things that I do and then they look at me and say, "Well, I can't do it" or whatever.
0: I'm like, yes, you can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think sometimes it won't look the same, right? Right. Because nobody,
1: regardless if it's the same disability or not, disabilities are not seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I say in my book, and you'll read about it, but like I say in my book, every disability, regardless of its CP or what you have or whatever, it's a spectrum. Everybody who has The disability is not affected by the exact same challenges or whatever. Right. And it's just, I mean, people need to wake up, I guess, (laughs) to the fact that we are in the 21st century. It's not the 1950s anymore. It's time to be the change that we want to see in America, regardless of a pandemic. Yeah. And luckily by me stepping out of, maybe not totally stepping out of my comfort zone, but by me doing what I did this spring and talking to my friends at the Y, yes, I'm whispering, and getting in the door there and showing what I can do and then possibly gaining a big opportunity. I don't know what's going to happen, but you know, for them to see that I'm not just the girl in the wheelchair, I'm an employee just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I come in at whatever time and I leave whatever time I'm supposed to leave. And I work, you know, while I'm there, I don't just sit and play on my phone or
0: browse social media, or I do things while I'm there to help out. Then it sounds like it's really important for you to give back to society and not feel like you're just sitting and waiting for people to serve you just because you have a disability. Exactly. Like,
1: and yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes people feel sorry for you, like p- me, because they see the wheelchair and they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry you're in this, you know, chair. It's like it's no big deal. It's how I get around. It's a free seat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're you like, know? no matter where I go, I can always sit. <laughs> right. But no, seriously,
1: like a few weeks ago I was at work and one of our members came up to me and And she's like, What are you doing these days? I never see you come in here and work out anymore. I'm like, Well, I'm working here now. And she literally was like, Good for you. And I'm like, Oh my word. I walked back into the room and I was kind of rolling my eyes, literally, because I get so tired of people saying, You're on the community doing something good for yourself and your family and whatever. And people say, Good for you. Like, it's a miracle that you're out
0: of the house so it's almost like what I hear you saying is that when someone comes up to you specifically and they think they're cheering you on you're hearing it as well it's a miracle that you're out of the house instead of just them cheering you on like that's fantastic I'm so glad you got a job right like that's interesting I think right yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's like, I mean, because I've even asked people at work, I'm like, I've been tempted to say to them, do I look stupid? Because, and I don't mean it that way. So you might have to edit that part out and say it like make it and say something nicer but like but seriously i just want to look at people and be like do i look dumb to you like when you say that
0: right yeah when you say that i'm thinking that when people talk to you they do talk to you as if you're five or ten years old or something and your thought maybe is that's because you're in a wheelchair right and because you have cp or cerebral palsy and and you're saying, but hold on, I'm 33 and I'm capable. How come you're still treating me like a child? Yeah. Like everybody at
1: work, like they treat me no differently than anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, I joke around more than I probably should. But you know what? I know when it's time to quit playing around and, and be serious when the time is right. The The thing that's different yeah. is that we respect each other. And I've always been able to be honest with him and, and what I can do. When that happened, like, I didn't think anything of it because this person that I was with does this, not a lot, but on occasion. But I think it's because she works with a variety of different people with a variety of different disabilities that have more struggles than I do. So she has to be more hopeful slash mindful of the fact that when you do have a disability, people do take advantage of you, and because of the limitations they face, they don't they're not aware of potential dangers and as such, I think that falls into the line of like i'm I'm trying to help you, but I'm also wanting to protect you right, which I appreciate, but there's a fine line between helping me and babying me. If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it really does in, in that. And I think that's where it's really important that those of us with disabilities use our voice in a loving way that says, yeah, thank you. Right. I've got this because I think you're right in that a lot of people forget or they're not present in that moment in remembering who they're with and what the capacities of that person that that person right. has
1: yeah yeah i mean i'm very fortunate to not need a lot of help now i do need some help but it's not near the level of having to watch somebody 24 7 to make sure that they're not going to fall or not going to choke or whatever yeah I am very blessed in that way of life because my CP is a little, I don't want to say worse than Paul's because I can't walk. But like, other than that, I mean, I am able to function just like everybody else. And people are like, how you can't walk? Well, I just do things differently. Yes, it takes me longer to do things, but I get them done. And people laugh at me at work. And I keep telling people, I'm like, Yes, I'll get the job done. It may not look exactly a hundred percent how you want it to look, but I'll get the job done. Mm-hmm. And I was even last week at work, I was helping sort through inventory, and one of my coworkers came up to me, and she was like, "Does this look professional, or should I fold it this way?" And I kind of looked at it and I said, "Let's pull it the way you're thinking, because I just think it looks more more professional, more put together more. Whatever than yeah. just throwing it in a box because I mean literally when we got the shipment of the shirts for soccer league we opened the box when UPS or or FedEx or whoever dropped it off when we opened the box they just literally threw the shirts in there didn't even bother to fold them and I was just like oh my gosh wow we went through and we sorted the shirts into the piles for each team and how many ever sizes we needed. And it was like a well-oiled machine. It was very well organized and they really appreciated the fact that I was able to look at that and say, let's do it this way because it looks better.
0: Yeah. Well, and it sounds like too, that feeling like you have a voice. Right. You know, that there's not this assumption that you don't have any input is hurtful. And when someone comes to you and asks for your input, it's like, oh, you know, yes, they they see me. Right. And so that's one of the things that I, I really appreciate
1: about the organization, the YMCA that I work for now, is that they really do value me. They really do See past my physical limitations. Mm-hmm. Yes, they know they're there because obviously I can't hide the chair. Like, I can't, it's not like a blind person that I can just stick the cane under the chair and, and go out, about my way. Like, it's there. I have to deal with it. But, you know, they've been able to look beyond that and really not only see past that, but have helped me see in a business sense that I can do more than yep. meets the eye. And I do have a lot to offer the organizations like them. And as a result, I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm working my way towards a bachelor's degree in public relations. I contacted a school last night and I haven't signed up for school. Don't worry, mom. (laughs) I have to say that because she may listen later. Right. But I I didn't sign up for school, but I at least got the information. So we'll see what happens when I'm, I'm excited for this yeah. journey because it's gonna be crazy. So yeah.
0: And it, it seems like you're already setting yourself up for that, you know, enabling your speaking ability and putting yourself out there as a speaker. To me, that was uh like jumping off a cliff for me. <laughs> that was very scary.
1: Right. Because I, I remember like last night we were busy but it was really slow. So my supervisor was like, if you need to work on side stuff, you're more than willing to do that. I'm like, Are you sure? He's like, Yes. I was online and I was looking at schools and he's been kind of encouraging me to go forward in that area. And I'm like, Should I do this? Yeah. And and he's like, It's your future. Go ahead and push the button. And I'm like, but what if? And he's like, You're just asking for information. You're not applying. And so when I push the button, and they called me within 30 seconds. I was like, Should I take the call? And he's like, Yeah. So I did. And I mean, it's going to be very manageable. And so we'll see what happens. But with the opportunities at the Y, I couldn't be more excited to see what's in store. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say they're acting weird around me because they're very much not. I just have this very good feeling that something major is about to happen. And I'm not going to sit here and say what that is. But I mean, because the people are just, they're very excited. And they're like, what can we do for you in the future? And what do you want to work on in the future
0: while you're here? Yeah. It sounds like you're surrounded by people who see the positives.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I am. Very yeah. much, but I'm kind of blown away because I'm I'm not used to positivity. I, I mean, I very much am, but coming from someone who in their past has had more doors shut in their faces, right? And re- as a result of having a disability, I'm very much not used to having so many people in my corner that are sitting there saying,
0: you can do this. You're very
1: talented. You can, yeah. like...
0: Yeah. And it sounds like that's really made a difference in just your self-esteem and even stepping up and saying, well, maybe I could try this.
1: Right. Exactly. They've been very supportive and they've respected and they've seen me grow as a professional. So I've had to have hard conversations with coworkers, but, you know, those hard conversations, I haven't been upset. It's just been okay, we'll work through this and there's got to be silver lining at the end of the tunnel because I'm here for a reason. Like, there's got to be some reason why all of a sudden people, I mean, I'm not saying they're acting weird because they're acting normal, but I feel like when you're talking to somebody it's like, you feel like they know something that you don't.
0: Yeah, (laughs) you sense (laughs) it in the
1: air. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's kind of like that. So it's like do you say something or do you just let it ride and see what happens? So I'm going with the let's ride and let and see what happens camp because I don't want to jinx anything that may. <laughs> it sounds like looking forward feels good. Right, uh, it does, very much so. So we'll see, but I'm excited.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Now, when you go out and talk, what are some of the things that you talk about?
1: Definitely disability rights and
0: bullying prevention
1: is like a a big one. Mm -hmm. I haven't necessarily been asked to speak in schools yet, but I would like to just because I think, especially now, living in the world we're living, bullying is a big problem and it's got to be stopped. We'll just Leave it there. It's got to be stopped. And kids deserve to go to school in a place where they're safe. So, how would you recommend stopping it? Be the one to set an example. If you see somebody being bullied, stand up for them, encourage them to talk to someone, be that support system. Like, I hate to say know your limitations, but seriously, know your limitations and know when you're in over your head and know when to ask for help Mm -hmm. because. A lot of times, bullies that are being bullied don't know where to ask for help. So they just let it happen. And before you know it, either A, somebody's committing suicide, or God forbid, and I I don't need to sound nasty on air, but God forbid somebody goes to school with a gun. Like, that's, I hate to say that, but that's, that's the world we live in. I mean, I remember several months ago, probably after the Parkland shooting happened and they had made a comment. I think it was on CNN or something like that. No school shootings have happened, but it was in summertime. So it was like, you know what I mean? So it's a problem. And I'm not one to speak on gun control or advocate for that or whatever, but yeah, those are issues that are really a problem in our society and not just if you have a disability, it's
0: a problem everywhere. Yeah. And it sounds like you might not be certain of the solution and yet you do agree there is a problem and and maybe we all need to work together to help solve it. Right. And I don't know. It seems to me that when people come together to solve a problem, if you keep at it at some point, something will resonate with every single person in that group And Mm -hmm. then it would be like, okay, this is the solution. Right. And I remember a couple of days ago on the 20th anniversary
1: of 9-11, like Mm -hmm. I, I wrote on my Facebook page, my personal one, that, you know, I wish we could go back to the way things were 20 years ago to a time when we could feel safe in school, when the color of your skin didn't matter, your religion didn't matter. We could say one nation under God and not be, I don't know if judge is the right word, but you know what I mean? Unified, maybe? Yeah. I mean, I wish we could go back to that, but I don't know that we ever will because right. of the way the world is turning. So we'll just see. I mean, yeah, and I agree. It's very sad that I, I'm an aunt. I have nine nieces and nephews and one of which is a senior in high school. school and I'm very proud of her. But I'm also very nervous
0: for her to go off to school,
1: to college and be off on her own. Not that she's not very independent. I don't mean it that way. But
0: yeah, just to not be so close, maybe. Yeah. So she's very much she can take care of herself. But it's I'm nervous. I have that. Isn't that interesting, right? Your friend was nervous for you and read the thing, and you're nervous for your able-bodied niece, and I'm sure you do things that she might be like, come on, auntie, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Right. Isn't that interesting how we all do it to each other? Yeah, we all do. We all do. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But
1: yeah, I mean, that's my main focus, and as far as disability rights go, I would love Get it to a place where a disability doesn't matter, where we can all exercise our strengths and we can all be who we need to be regardless of what society says us to be. Because for so long, I lived in the world of like, yes, I had a say so in what I wanted in life. For a long time, I did for the most part what other people told me. To do. Mm-hmm. I didn't live my dream. Yeah. I focused on what everybody else wanted me to do and mm-hmm. part and parcel to now being in a situation where I have full control of my life. And I almost said this last night that the whole situation with the why that I'm very, very grateful for is the first time in my life that really and truly, literally lived on faith, mm-hmm. taking that step of faith and calling him up and saying hey do you have any opportunities available still regarding post pandemic and he came back to me a few weeks later and I started working there in in April and I couldn't be happier to know that I'm moving up possibly so we'll see what
0: happens that's awesome. Well, we're going to we're going to cheer you on from here. So yeah. we're at the end of recording time. So three tips or, or tools that pop into your mind that you would like to share with everyone else.
1: Know your value, know your worth and don't be afraid to reach for your dreams. I love that. And to do that, you just have people around you who support you. So,
0: perfect. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Katie, for coming on the show today. I'm so glad we got to have a conversation. This this rocks. Thank you so much. If you want to share your relatively damaged story of struggle and how you found hope, visit us at damagedparents.com and complete the contact form. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Relatively Damaged by Damaged Parents. We really enjoyed talking to Katie, speaker on wheels, about how she does her very best to focus on the positive. We especially liked when she explained how we talk to people with disabilities matters. To unite with other damaged people, connect with us on Facebook, look for Damaged Parents. We'll be here next week, still relatively damaged. See you then.